0: The more that we're able to close the gap between what we want and what we think that we are worthy of, the more that what we want becomes what we're worthy of, becomes what becomes in our lives. And you do that by creating a version of yourself who believes that they are worthy of it and living in them. The most important thing is that you have a set of definition around what your limiting beliefs have been that have led you to where you are in your life and how you are going to act to show up as someone who does not believe that they have to settle to exist. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening.
1: Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because
0: it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal what i've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together then then what do you have you have an act right instead of a life Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. I am Vanessa Fontana, and this is episode 24. If you are new here, Figuring Shit Out is a collective undertaking of self-help coming of age, finding and healing yourself in a world of flux to assist you in your journey of figuring shit out and to expand and deepen the most important relationship you'll ever have, the one with yourself. This episode is going to be all about understanding and identifying a self-concept of who you want to be. Before we get started, if you're a frequent listener of the show, please leave a review. Tell me your thoughts on this episode. Tell me your thoughts on the last episode. Reach out to me over Instagram or TikTok and let me know what you're enjoying about figuring shit out. And if you are new here, if you like this episode and want to join in on all things figuring shit out, please follow the socials down below. I give self-help advice on TikTok. I post updates on Instagram around figuring shit out and around my personal life on my personal Instagram as well as the podcast Instagram. And I will be posting more and more YouTube videos as well. So that's down there too. So if you have a YouTube account and want to see me in action, actually speaking about the podcast, especially the new incoming episode with our first guest on Figuring Shit Out was recorded in a podcast studio, a beautiful, wonderful experience. And that episode will be live this month and it will be a video podcast as well as an audio podcast. But I think the video is going to be really engaging for you to be able to see. So if you want to check that out, make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube. I also wanted to offer something for you to keep in mind as we get into this episode. If you would appreciate or like one pagers or guidebooks that go along with the episodes that really ask you questions and kind of give you more of a step-by-step guide for you to do the internal work within yourself after you maybe listen to an episode if you feel so called to do so please let me know either review the podcast and leave me a comment um, in what did you think about this episode or you can reach out to me over Instagram and let me know your thoughts on that if I get enough people who are excited about that idea. I would love to create an email list or a Patreon or something that would enable that community to kind of grow so that the people who want it have it, but I'm not explicitly leaving it in the description for this episode, which I know we haven't even started talking about yet. But it would be all around being able to identify your limiting beliefs, identifying areas in your life where maybe you're not in alignment, you're not living in alignment, identifying areas of your life where you are living in alignment, and then creating your highest ideal of self, creating your new self-concept of which you want to live by and live through and truly how to go forward with your life after you've been able to leave the past behind so your thoughts opinions comments about the show and how to improve it how to make it better what you like what you don't like what you want to see more of always are welcomed as I am figuring shit out too now let's get into the episode Last week, I spoke a lot about letting go of the past and realizing what was weighing you down, maybe some of the projections and internalizations of life that you've been carrying with you that you realize maybe you can let go of. And I spoke a lot about my own experience uh, over the course of the last few weeks in traveling and understanding that so much of my identity was roped into an identity I created in order to survive, an identity I created to make the world approve and appease of me and not necessarily one that I decided to choose or one that felt authentic to me. And so you clear space and you make something new. And this episode is going to center all around how to create and to become a highest ideal of yourself. And this isn't to say an alter ego or something that is not you. This is to say, your highest version of who you are, your highest self, a self-concept, if you will, which is actually relatively popular right now in the realm of manifestation and the jargon that's used for law of attraction. But I think it really comes down to shadow work and it all comes down to the Carl Jung philosophy of making the unconscious conscious and then deciding what you want to continue filtering into your conscious narrative versus what you want to let go of and what you can let go of in your life and in your narrative. And so I spoke a lot about last week, the conflicting relationship that we can have sometimes with the self that shows up when they need to show up this version of you that you pretend to be. In instances where you need to be strong or you need to have a face in front of the world. And then what you may see as your real self, which is someone who might not be as self-assured, or who may be scared, or who may be lost or confused. And we often dissociate these two selves and say that the one who performs, the one who shows the world who they are, that is a fraud of ourselves, that is an imposter of ourselves. It's almost tied back into that whole imposter syndrome episode of pretending. When in reality, the one who shows up, the version of ourselves that we are really able to decide that we want to be in moments that it matters, that is a real version of ourselves. Not that the confused or scared version of ourselves is not real or doesn't exist, but you make one of those versions stronger, a larger part of your identity, an identity that you can trust, always knowing that you can fall back on your ability and your capability by realizing that that version of you, the one who exists in the world and is able to be capable in the face of so many obstacles, who's overcome everything you've ever overcome in your entire life, who's been accomplishing everything you've ever accomplished in your entire life, that version of you is not an imposter. It's not separate from you. It is you. And it is actually really closely intertwined with your highest ideal of self, your highest version of yourself. And so the question to ask here is not who you are. It's not a definition of your identity as you sit and your feelings about your identity. The question to ask yourself is, who do you want to be? And when you start asking yourself that question, you list out qualities and traits that you believe to be redeemable. You start to realize that that version of you already exists somewhere. That version of you is present in your complex of humanity. And you are able to call upon that version of you when you need to. So maybe there's a version of you where you're really socially skilled. You're able to strike up new conversations with people. In certain instances, you don't have as much fear about being seen as other times. And it's that version of you that you really want to exist as in the world all the time what you start to do and you start to realize is you look back at your life when you've been able to be confident, you've been able to be self-assured, you've been able to actually have all of the qualities that you think that you don't have but that you want to really be and exist as part of you all the time and you look back at all the instances in your life where those things were present. And I want you to really do that internal work of looking for things that you are proud of, looking for things that you felt were truly you. Instances where you were able to be your most authentic self, where fear was not present or the strength of your identity and the strength of your beingness was more strong, more present than the fear. Times where you triumphed, times where you did things that you didn't know that you could do, times where you were able to actually surprise yourself And overcome the limitations that maybe you had in the fear landscape of your mind. I want you to sit with that and I want you to see what comes up. What comes up when I ask you, what is your greatest accomplishment? Or what are you proud of that you've created? And I don't want you to think about all of the accolades you've ever won from school or from work or from structures that maybe you tried to be something that you weren't to fit into. Really think about it. And as you think about it, I'm going to read you something that I actually found while I was scrolling on TikTok. And it resonated with me, especially as I went to record this episode, because so much of our identity, the person who we want to be, the... Identity that we think of as our ideal, our highest self is who we were when we were children. And I talked about that a lot in my last episode my dissonance between who I was as a child and who I became to survive. You know, when I was a kid, I was really bright and bubbly and extroverted. And I loved to meet new people. I loved to talk to people. I loved to create connection in areas where there wasn't before. I loved to perform. I loved to create. And I was so unapologetic about those things. I was endlessly curious and I would ask so many questions and I didn't care if the question sounded stupid because I was so insatiably curious about the world around me. And then when I became something that I wasn't in order to be approved in the eyes of the world and also survive in the environment that I lived in, I became the opposite of all of those things. I became shy and quiet and scared to speak. I had crazy social anxiety. And the steps that you take every day to get closer and closer to who you want to be, you will find a relationship between your childhood self and your highest ideal that those Characters and qualities are so similar because it is truly your most authentic self. Your childhood self was a self version of you that you didn't try to be. You simply were. And there was an unapologetic nature about who you were when you were a child because children don't fear anything. And that is why what I'm about to read you is so connected to forging a new future and really revitalizing your sense of a self-concept. Remember back when you were a kid you would just do things. You never thought to yourself, what are the relative merits of learning baseball versus football? You just ran around the playground and played baseball and football. You built sandcastles and played tag and asked silly questions and looked for bugs and dug up grass and pretended you were a sewer monster. Nobody told you to do it. You just did it. You were led merely by your curiosity and your excitement. And the beautiful thing was if you hated baseball, you just stopped playing it. There was no guilt involved. There was no arguing or debate. You either liked it or you didn't. And if you loved looking for bugs, you just did that. There was no second level analysis of, well, is looking for bugs really what I should be doing with my time as a child? Nobody else wants to look for bugs. Does that mean there's something wrong with me? How will looking for bugs affect my future prospects? But more importantly, what I want to say to these people is this. That's the whole point. Not knowing is the whole fucking point. Life is all about not knowing and then doing something anyway. All of life is like this, all of it. It's not going to get any easier just because you found out you love your job cleaning septic tanks or you scored a dream gig writing indie movies. The common complaint among a lot of these people is that they need to find their passion, but I call bullshit. You already found your passion. You're just ignoring it. Seriously, you're awake 16 hours a day. What the fuck do you do with your time? You're doing something. Obviously you're talking about something. There's some topic or activity or idea that dominates a significant amount of your free time, your conversations, your web browsing, and it dominates them without you consciously pursuing or looking at it. It's right there in front of you. You're just avoiding it for whatever reason you're avoiding it. You're telling yourself, Oh, well, yeah, I love comic books, but that doesn't count. You can't make money with comic books. Fuck you. Have you even tried? The problem is not a lack of passion for something. The problem is productivity. The problem is perception. The problem is acceptance. The problem is the, oh, well, that's just not a realistic option. Or mom and dad would kill me if I tried to do that. They say I should be a doctor. Or that's crazy. You can't buy a BMW with the money you make doing that. The problem isn't passion. It's never passion. It's priorities. And even then, who says you need to make money doing what you love? Since when does everyone feel entitled to love every effing second of their job? That was the end of it. But this was from markmason.net. So I'm giving them credit. But I saw that on TikTok and it really had me thinking because I think so much of our identity is formed in the face of the world. And a lot of the times when we are trying to figure out what to do with our lives, or we're trying to find a sense of direction, it really comes down to something very simple. And it is your honesty with yourself, your ability to be honest with who you want to be and in what ways are you living in accordance and in alignment with that? And in what ways are you out of alignment with that? And a lot of times the reason that we don't want to face who we want to be, or we ignore it, or we avoid it is because we know we are not living in alignment with it. And in my lab, Last few weeks really cleaning and clearing out all of the clutter of my life and realizing that I didn't need to hold so strongly on this past I was really truly able to get real with myself in the areas where I, was not showing up for who I wanted to be. I was not thinking about who I wanted to be. I was really thinking about honoring a past self that I needed to truly just let go of. And I think that that is the problem with so many of us is we think we can't because. We always have excuses. We always have reasons why it's not logical, reasons why we're just out here trying to survive. But truthfully, we've always been just trying to survive and it's not going to get any better. It's not going to stop. This requires a certain amount of honesty with yourself. This requires you to really understand in what ways you are limiting your abilities and limiting your dreams, limiting your truths, pretending like things aren't a certain way. Because in my survey of my life, which I do all the time, in my survey of all of the things that had happened in the course of the last month and in the ways I was living my life that maybe I didn't feel so good about, the biggest thing that I learned was my inability to truly face and be honest with myself. And the sooner we are able to acknowledge something, to accept something, the sooner we're able to let it flow through us and let it go, or to make changes in our behavior that lead us towards what we want. And if I was unable to do that with the past, then how could I do that with the future self? And so really The first step here is looking at what you're holding on to. What parts of yourself did you create in order to be accepted? And the biggest question to ask yourself here is what were you like when you were a child, truly? What were the things that you enjoyed and what were your qualities and characteristics and your traits? And how did you find passion and enjoyment in living before the world told you that you couldn't do that anymore or it wasn't okay to? At some point, we have to take the responsibility for our lives we have to take the responsibility of deciding that we don't want to be led by past narratives and if we choose to let them go then okay we need to we need to create new narratives this means breaking patterns and you break patterns by changing your behavior And you change your behavior by being conscious of your behavior and not being judgmental of, I hate the fact that I do this. I wish I wasn't like this. I wish I didn't do this. You have to stop judging yourself and shaming yourself because that is leading you nowhere but a guiltful existence, a existence that you resent. And you're not here for that long. You're going to resent your dreams, you're going to resent your passions, and you're going to resent your inability to face and accept them and at least try to actualize them because you feel unworthy. That's really the center of all of this is identifying where in our life we are feeling unworthy and acting unworthy. I had this realization this week all about worthiness and our tolerating of things that we don't deserve or we know that we don't deserve and how resentment truly builds when we are in a situation that we feel we have no control over when really we are making ourselves powerless. Your resentment is about your tolerating of behavior and things that don't make you happy, don't fulfill you, and your surrender of your power to that thing in saying, I guess this is just how it is when you know that it is never how it is, you know, deeply and truly that you can always make a change. And I say this with the amount of understanding that there's privilege involved here. Like if you have a family to support and if you have people who are depending on you and if you have really high expenses, yeah, finding a way out of the situation that you may resent or don't want to be in may seem completely impossible. But even in those circumstances, it is all about knowing that you always have options. You always have options. And sometimes our options are not available to us because we won't see them. We don't want to see them. We want to accept that this is just how life is and we want to lay down and basically give away all of our power so that we can be the victims of our lives and we can essentially not take accountability or responsibility for them, but the longer that you sit in the unworthiness of tolerating what you don't deserve, the more that you're telling yourself that that is what you deserve. And if you truly, truly thought you were worthy of something more, something greater, then you would make the change. You wouldn't be there because you you would know. You would know implicitly that that exists. This thing that I want exists and this thing that I have is not giving me what I want. It is not fulfilling me. And there's a caveat to note here that nothing will ever truly fulfill you. Nothing from your external environment, no person, no job, no external object will ever give you fulfillment or happiness that is found within yourself, which is why it all comes back to your self-concept, to who you are, to your identity. Every single action that you take is a bid for who you are. It is a bid for who you become. And so you get closer to who you want to become by taking actions that align with who you want to become. Let me explain this in the context of Atomic Habits. Okay. So this is a book by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits, and it's all about shaping your habits, changing your habits, and really being able to create an identity from your habits because your habits are all of the actions and cumulative sums of everything that you do that essentially create who you are. Some of us have good habits. Some of us have bad habits, but by creating an identity of who you truly are and who you really want to show up as in this world all the time, your highest self, your best self. You know, we all have those weeks where we're doing really well, those months where we're doing really well. And it all really comes back to the ways in which we are living our lives and how the things that we are doing align with who we want to be. That's all that it really comes back to. So this book really breaks down how to create good habits, how to make bad habits non-existent. And this section is all about how your habits shape your identity. So say you want to begin running, but you don't consider yourself an athletic person. You don't consider yourself a runner. You don't consider yourself someone who has the ability to gain endurance over long periods of time. So if you go into running with that assumption that I am not a runner, I am not athletic, there's no way that I can do this, then your motivation and consistency of running will only get you so far. You could run for three, four weeks at a time, but if the underlying belief and assumption is I'm not athletic or I'm not a runner, then you're going to lose the motivation to keep going and to actually prove yourself wrong because your brain is going to prove itself right. Our brains love confirmation bias. Our brains love to look for the things that we think about to show up in our world as truth. and so. If you shape and change your identity and you take actions to become the identity that you want to shape and change, and you have actions that align with who you want to be and you have a really defined version of who you want to be, a statement, those things connect and suddenly you are a runner. Suddenly you are athletic. And so I'm going to read this part from from the book. Behind every system of actions are a system of beliefs. Behavior that is incongruent with the self will not last. We all want more money, but if your identity is someone who consumes rather than creates, then you'll continue to be pulled towards spending rather than earning. You may want better health, but if you continue to prioritize comfort over accomplishment, you'll be drawn to relaxing rather than training. It's hard to change your habits if you never change the underlying beliefs that led you to your past behavior. You have a new goal and a new plan, but you haven't changed who you are. The ultimate form of intrinsic motivation is when a habit becomes part of your identity. It's one thing to say, I'm the type of person who wants this. It is another thing to say entirely, I am the person who is this. The more pride that you have in a particular aspect of your identity, the more motivated you will be to maintain the habits associated with it. If you're proud of how your hair looks, you'll develop all sorts of habits to care for and maintain it. If you're proud of the size of your biceps, you'll make sure you never skip an upper body workout. If you're proud of the scarves you knit, you'll be likely to spend hours knitting each week. Once you get your pride involved, you'll fight tooth and nail to maintain your habits. True behavior change is identity change. You might start a habit because of motivation, but the only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes part of your identity. Anyone can convince themselves to visit the gym or eat healthy once or twice a week, but if you don't shift the belief behind the behavior, then it is hard to stick with long-term changes. Improvements are only temporary until they become part of who you are. The goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician. Your behaviors are usually a reflection of your identity. What you do is an indication of the type of person that you believe you are, either consciously or non-consciously. The more deeply a thought or action is tied to your identity, the more difficult it is to change. It can feel comfortable to believe what your culture believes or to do what upholds your self-image, even if it's wrong. The biggest barrier to positive change at any level is identity conflict. Good habits can make rational sense, but if they conflict with your identity, you will fail to put them in action. The process of building habits is actually the process of becoming yourself. It is a gradual evolution. We do not change by snapping our fingers. We are continually undergoing micro evolutions of the self. And I think that that is what I really want you to take away from everything I just read is that when you are creating an identity someone who you want to be, we have to remember a few things. The first of which is that there is an ego in this and that ego, that identity that you have, I want to zoom out for a second because a big part of this podcast is around a sense of spirituality, which is connection to yourself, but also a connection to the world around you, a knowing that we are crocheted together in this experience of being human And in the experience of being human, there is an underlying notion that maybe we're more than human. Maybe there is more all around us all the time. Maybe there is a divinity underpinning our existence. And so as we learn who we want to be, how we want to be, there is this really beautiful divine working of surrender. There's this divine working of really learning how to trust the forces in your life and the Divinity that you choose to bring to your spirit, and what you hold really dear to you when it comes to your spiritual life. When you have that and when you know that, your identity becomes something a lot more fluid and easier to create because there is this sense and this knowing that it's not that serious and that we are here to learn, we are here to experience, we are here to figure shit out. We'll always be figuring shit out because there's this grander, larger scheme of things that maybe we don't know. We're able to accept that we don't know that and that, you know, there is a universe out there and there is a loving presence, a source that truly does connect all of us together in this experience of becoming who we are on this earth, but knowing that that is fleeting and that is fallible truly, again, microevolutions of the self. And so what we're doing here when we are creating this identity is we are creating an ego. We are creating and shaping our ego, our identity, which we all have. We will always have it and we will never really get rid of it. We actually, let me say that again, we will never get rid of it. And a lot of people think that the ego is a bad thing. It's bad to have an ego. It's not bad to have an ego. Your ego is who you are. My ego is Vanessa. That is the most simple form of my ego. That's my name. And so your ego is really just a collection of all of your personal experiences and events that have made up the sum of who you are, also who you choose to be. It is your unique expression of self, which is a really important part of being alive and being human and existing in this world. And so when we are shaping ourselves and really deciding and having the power to decide who we want to be, we are playing with the game of the ego. We are saying, okay, if I know that the ego exists and I know that the ego thrives off of a certain sense of pride in who the ego is, who I am, then what can I do to feed it? What can I do to really make myself feel better about myself? And so there is this self-concept that can be developed in alignment with who you want to be and who you are. And this is how you know. There's a really easy way to know how you're living in alignment with who you want to be. So simple. You feel good. You feel a sense of levity about your being in your presence and you're more open to love. You're more open to connection. You're more open to fun. You're more open to joy. You're more open to empathetic listening. You're more open to receiving That is how you know you're in your alignment and that is how you know that you're living in your highest state of being. And any time that you are feeling shame, guilt, fear, that is how you know you're out of it. Because those feelings... They are rejections of self. They are rejections of what is. They are rejections of whatever we are seeing in the world that we don't want to see or we know that we don't have to see. And so when you feel the resentment towards your job, when you feel the resentment towards your partner, it's not because they're doing something to make you feel a certain way. No one is ever making you feel a certain way. Maybe their actions affect your actions and your feelings and behavior, etc. But what you feel is a sense of powerlessness. You feel a sense of how could this happen? In. and really being able to carve out a self-concept that we feel connected to requires us to take responsibility. It requires us to take responsibility for who we've been in our lives, who we're becoming, how we're acting, if we are in alignment with how we are acting and if we like who we are. And sometimes it's blatantly saying to yourself, I don't like who I am right now. That's, o- that's okay. It's okay to not like yourself and it's okay to know that you can get closer to liking yourself, hating yourself, totally different thing. You can, you can not like yourself, but love yourself. You can not like the way that you're acting, but still love yourself. And the self-concept that you choose to get closer to is with love. It is because you know, you deserve to feel good. It is because you know that you deserve to be someone who is worthy. It's because you know that you are worthy of the things that you want. It's because you know you deserve to live a life of unapologetic freedom when it comes to how you feel and what you choose to create and how you love in your life. It is because you know that those things are possible because you see them around you all the time. And you know that you want that too. And you're working harder and harder to show yourself with actions that you love yourself. And it's going to take time. And that is the biggest part of this is that You are going to fall in and out of this alignment, but the most important thing is that you have a set of definition around what your limiting beliefs have been that have led you to where you are in your life and how you are going to act to show up as someone who does not believe that they have to settle to exist. Okay, so I want you to think about all of the areas of your life that are going well. And there's got to be some, okay? I want you to get into a really good place of who is your favorite person right now? Who do you love talking to? What do you love to do in your free time? What is something that you've really been enjoying lately and really just been sitting in in presence of? What is something that's made you laugh recently? What is an area of your life, maybe it's finances, work, friends, love, that is exciting to you for some reason and it feels good. It just feels good. And I just want you to take a second and really think about that. Really sit in the fact that it feels good. Don't think about why it feels good. Just you know, think about all the traits that it has that bring you a sense of joy. If you've been wanting to learn a new language, connect with your family heritage, Rosetta Stone might be perfect for you. It is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop or as an app, and it is truly immersive in the language you want to learn. It's been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, with fast language acquisition and speech recognition as a built-in feature to give you feedback on your pronunciation. Like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a limited time, figuring shit out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. And take a minute and feel that. Really feel something of the nature of love and of joy and of freedom and identify it. Once you've identified it, express gratitude for it. Really thank the situation, thank the person, think whatever it is. Express a sense of thank you for being here, not in a gratuitous way that says, gosh, I really hope this thing never fails, but says, thank you for being here. I'm so happy that we're in alignment, you in this thing, you in this alignment, this energy. When you express that gratitude, you are saying an acknowledgement to it. And you are also affirming to yourself that you're worthy of it, you deserve it. And so you're not scared that it'll leave you, you're just really happy that it's there, which makes it more apparent and more bright and beaming. Okay. You have the good feeling thing. And now I want you to take a look at the areas of your life. And I just want you to choose one. Okay. The most pressing thing, because we can get into a long spiral of things that are not going well for us really quickly. I want you to choose one area of your life that isn't going so well, that maybe you're confused about, you're lost, you feel a sense of ickiness or stickiness or whatever it is i just want you to think about that area of your life okay i'm going to take an example that is not related to me and it's just it's just an example okay say you are in a really toxic friendship with someone that maybe you've been friends with for a really long time and you've tried your best you've tried everything you can to you know repair this friendship and you're really struggling to let this person go because there's history in your relationship because there were good things that happened in the past because you know at one point it was something very different to you and maybe it gave you things or you know maybe this has just been a strained relationship for a really long time and you are having trouble realizing how to leave maybe because you feel guilty or um, you know you don't want to hurt the person or you're scared of the change that may come with it I just want you to ask yourself in whatever situation this is and I'm using this example that is random. Why do you believe that this has to exist? What are your beliefs about this problem? And what are the underlying beliefs about why it has to be this way? What is your excuse essentially for not being able to find a way out? And I want you to identify it as an excuse because we are never stuck. And so when you are able to see your objections to change and your objections to potentially solving a problem, even though solving the problem won't be necessarily easy, you're able to really get real with yourself and say, is this actually true? So say the excuse for not being able to leave this friendship would be, we have too much history and they've been in my life for too long. Okay, that's an excuse. It's been identified as an excuse. Why do you think that you... Deserve a friendship that is not fulfilling to you based on longevity of relationship. Why do you think that? Something of that sort, that question, ask yourself why do you believe that? And what does it say about you? Because if you were to answer that, you know, there's too much history and I can't leave because there's too much history and the friendship was valuable to me at one point, then What you're saying with that statement is I am the type of person who will tolerate friendships that don't feel good because my behavior is showing that I value history more than I value fulfillment. I value history more than I value loyal friendship. Loyal friendship, good friendship might not actually exist. I don't believe that I'm worthy of that. That's what you're saying. So when you have identified your excuse, Then I want you to ask yourself, what would the best situation look like? So if it's a friend, I'm going to stay with this example. If it's a friend, what is your highest ideal of friendship? What do you love about friendship? Who are some good friends in your life? What qualities of friends do you want in your life? How do you want them to make you feel? How do you want them to treat you? How do you want to have the opportunity to treat them? Look at the situation at hand that is negative in your eyes and look at your ideal situation. And I want you to look at your ideal situation from bird's eye view and really ask yourself, is this so impossible to believe that I could attain this? When it's something like friendship, something like relationships, something even like work, sometimes we believe that the things that we want are too high. They're too much. They don't exist. And the more that we believe they're too much, they're too high, they don't exist, the more that they will not show themselves to us. And the more that we are essentially saying we are unworthy of that quality of a thing that we want too much and that what we want, we actually don't deserve. It is a gap in our worthiness, a gap in our ability to believe that we can have that thing. And I want to also note that the more that you are doing this in your life and the more that you are really seeing where your limits are on yourself about things and what you are accepting and settling for, it's not going to change overnight. You have to unwind these Limiting notions. You have to really look inside of your brain and understand where you learned them, first of all, and then work to understand that you can have more and take actions outside of that area that maybe is really confusing to you until it is becoming so obvious that this thing is the elephant in the room of your life that is not aligning with who you are. And you have the self concept, the worthiness, and the strength to transform or. Another option is throwing your hands up in the air to the universe. I've done this so many times in my life. And you say, I am ready for something new. I am ready to really step into who I want to be, who I know myself to truly be. I want to step into my fullness of worthiness and defining what that looks like. And then leaving it up to the universe, raising your hands to God and saying, all right, show me, show me what it takes, make it clear to me what to do make it clear to me how to leave the situation or take it out of my life for me. And please beware when you do this, it will happen. And sometimes it is not, it is not easy, but it is always for you. And, And sometimes we're not ready for that. Like sometimes we're really not ready to admit that we're ready for change and take all of the, take all that comes with change and, um, you know, face the, the fear that that can come with it. So, When you think about what feels good to you in your life versus what doesn't feel good to you, I want you to think about who you are in these situations of life. Like, How do you act when you're around someone who makes you feel really safe? How do you act when you're around someone who makes you feel really loved? How do you act when you are by yourself and you're listening to music and you're just so free, completely outside of the realm of judging yourself for it because you're in your own space, you're in your own center, you're feeling the energy of yourself and you are completely accepting of yourself for it? How does that feel? Like, what is your energy in that moment? How do you feel? Your highest ideal of yourself can be something that you create, right? Like it can be something that you feel, okay. I'm I'm not this and I want to be this. But most of the time, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, you are that. You've been that. There are times in your life where you are able to be your truest, most authentic self, this bright beaming version of who you are. And it comes out. And maybe it's a certain situation, maybe it's a certain energy around you that makes it come out maybe it's a certain person that brings it out of you but it is in there it is inside of you and you just gotta you gotta get it out and you have to become closer and closer to that version of who you are more often that's that's it it's really that simple so when you think about that version of who you are I want you to ask yourself who are they and if it helps for you create a name for them create a identity that is really close to your own. Maybe it's a nickname that you're called, or maybe it's something that you just create. Create a name for this version of yourself that is you, completely you, that has all of your best qualities shining through them most of the time. And ask yourself, who are they? Like, What are their qualities and characteristics and traits? What is their energy like? How does it feel when they walk into a room? How do they handle Walking into a room? How do they treat people? How do people treat them? How do they handle challenging situations? What do they value? This is not about what you do for a living and this is not about your relationships and your life. This is about you, your highest ideal as a person, and what your values are, which will automatically magnetize the things that you want into your life. And so, are you the type of person who exercises? Is this person someone who cares about health? Is this someone who cares about sleep? Is this someone who cares about energy? Is this someone who cares about feeling good? Is this someone who prioritizes peace over being right? Is this someone who prioritizes groundedness instead of having FOMO and going to things that they don't enjoy? Who is this person? What do they value? And how do they show up in their life? What is the most important thing to them? What is their end goal, if you will, their vision? for their future? And how is this identity contributing to that? Because when you believe that you are the type of person who meets your goals, when you believe that you are the type of person who is successful, who does the things, and you show up with the qualities of that type of person, you aren't nearly as worried about if it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. You show up and you do the thing and you're on your way there. You create an ability to really visualize a Version of yourself that is yourself, and not feel an immense pressure to always be that, but just simply ask yourself, Am I living in alignment? Am I living in alignment with who I want to be? And really taking the survey of your life and saying, How are my relationships contributing to who I want to be? What are my relationships saying about me? What are my relationships saying about what I value? And It's a really hard thing sometimes to ask ourselves because we don't want to get real with ourselves. But the farther away we are with honesty from us to us, the farther we are away from honesty with everything that we want and the longer we are sitting in a guiltful existence that says, I don't deserve more and I don't even know if I want more because you don't even know it's possible. Your limiting beliefs will come out when you feel guilty about things that maybe you shouldn't feel guilty about. Like, do you have a really good situation in some area of your life that you feel I don't know how I got so lucky in this or I don't know why this came to me. I want you to really sit with that. Like sit with why you may feel guilty about things that you have that you don't believe that you deserve. And of course, there is so much pain in this world and there's so much inconsistency in privilege. But guilt for what you have will never help that cause. How you help that cause is by knowing that not only is what you love to do and are able to do something you're worthy of, but that's something that everyone's worthy of. That's something that everyone should have access to. That is something that should be. And the more that you are able to own that you deserve it, the more that you're able to say that other people deserve it too because it's not a zero-sum game. Life is not a zero-sum game the way that they've told us it is. It is not a hierarchical system that exists where there's one person at the top and everyone else just gets a percentage and a percentage less. It is. That's how the system has been created, but it's not when it comes to the reality of everything. The reason that our brains are so skewed towards lack is because of product marketing. It is because we need to buy things out of a lack for our wholeness, our fulfillment internally. It is because America and beyond has told us that we need to exist a certain way. And these products, these things will fulfill the gaps that we have in ourselves. We need these things to be whole, to be accepted, to be liked, to be seen by society as valuable and as worthy. And if we don't have them, then you're not valuable, you're not worthy, but that's a lie. That is a lie. Everyone has the freedom, the autonomy, the ability to work on their sense of self-esteem and their self-concept because it is your birthright to explore your relationship with yourself and learn that it can actually be a very safe and loving one. I started to create this version of myself actually when I got back from my travels and it was the day that I actually recorded my last episode, which was letting go of the past. So it all very much felt aligned for me of cleaning out my room and preparing for fall and it's fall in New York city. And it's just so amazing and beautiful. And I love fall in New York city. It makes me so happy. Um, and, I got my hair done. And it was just this real moment of, I felt like things had changed and not only internally in my world, externally in the physical world. And then, you know, I was creating change in my own space. And so I said, you know, this is a really good time to start thinking about who I want to be and like how I can show up as that person, because I am now letting go of a version of myself that I don't want to be. I am looking at the lies that I've told myself for so long and I'm saying, okay, I'm letting that go. And so I started to really define her. And I'm not going to read it to you because it's just, it's me. It's so personal. It's it's my own little thing. It's my own little wonderful passion exploration. But I did list out how it feels when she is in her being, when I am her. And I didn't start with like, who's this version of someone who I'm totally not. I don't see myself as at all. I took the highest ideal that I have of self, like when I feel my best, when I feel my highest self come through me when I am able to show up and really feel good about myself. And that's the model for this. It's not someone who you're not, or you don't ever believe you could be because then, you know, you're just, you're trying to attain something you don't believe you're worthy of. You don't see in yourself. This has to be realistic. It has to be a sense of, you got to start small. You got to start with, where do you feel your best? Where do you love yourself the most? And you can answer that. Like, I know that you can answer that by now. Episode 24. So, where do you love yourself the most? What do you like about yourself? What are your best qualities, and how can you magnify them and expand them so that they are more essential to you than what you believe to be your worst qualities? They are more valuable to you. You see them as more relevant to you than your worst qualities. It's not a matter of judgment towards your past self and who you are. It's a matter of, I want to show up for myself. It's out of love, it is an act of respect. And I'll tell you about in a few moments after I kind of describe what I did, I'll tell you about a challenge that I faced this week after creating this version of myself, living in alignment with this version and then falling out of it and how I dealt with that. And the answer is not shame and it's not guilt because you will never get anywhere with shame and guilt. It just makes you reject who you are. So so as I wrote this, I acknowledged that this version of myself is the most authentic version of myself. This version of myself is truly who I believe that I am at my core and who I believe that I hide because I don't always feel worthy to be this. And so that is the acknowledgement and the assumption is this is my highest self and I am her sometimes, but I'm not her all the time. And how can I get closer to her more and more so that I feel this way more and more? I can feel this way more and more. I can feel aligned. I can feel good. I can feel happy, et cetera, et cetera. So I really listed out the qualities of who she was. I listed out some traits and what she was not afraid of that maybe I am afraid of sometimes. And one of the things that I listed was she's not afraid of being afraid. She's not afraid to say she's afraid. She's not afraid of fear. She's not afraid of vulnerability because she knows it gives other people power. And there is a rootedness in this version of myself where it's like, I really do believe these qualities to be good and to be strong and to be something that I want to emulate of myself and something that I see in other people all the time, something that I admire in other people all the time. So living with this notion of my head of what my highest ideal is this week as challenges came up that I maybe didn't define in this definition of who she was, who I am. I started to ask, like, how does this version of myself deal with conflict? How does this version of myself deal with this, deal with challenges? I started to really list out and define the ways in which she feels about these particular things. Sleep and rest being one of them. In the notion of if this is a person who shows up for themselves, then this is a person who values their sleep. This is a person that values their rest and well-being more than they value being there for the world or other people because they know that they will be able to be more there for the world and other people when they're there for themselves. Therefore, sleep, rest. It's really creating an identity that is based off of logic and having a value system of that identity that says, okay, what does this action say about me? What am I bidding for who I am in the world? And so... What this also did for me was allow me to control my inner conversation. Every single time that I noticed my brain and my thoughts going into a place of unworthiness, of lack, of not feeling good, of complaining, I would stop myself and cutting off all opposing thoughts of who I am, who I want to be, and alignment with all of those things, and replacing it with the opposite of something. So... Truly finding a deliberateness with my thoughts and knowing that I had power in observing them and not listening to them. And you will never really be able to control every thought you have or control your inner dialogue completely. Like you are who you are, but a lot of times it's really a matter of not judging yourself for it and knowing like that was a thought that wasn't in alignment with who I am. Like, next, I don't need to listen to it. It doesn't need to be something that I ruminate on or think about because guess what? It didn't feel good. And there are going to be times in your life, many times in your life, where there is a situation that happens that is not wonderful. It is actually really awful. It sucks. And you're not going to feel good. But there is enough unexpectedness in this world and in this life that we don't need to put any more unexpected pain onto ourselves by perpetuating thoughts and narratives that don't feel good, that are negative, that are not us living in alignment with who we want to be. Because maybe we haven't even thought about that because we're too busy in our victim mentality and our victim mindset of life. Letting yourself really feel good and holding yourself in a place of feeling good will do wonders for you because the world starts to open up. You start to see more opportunities, places, you start to see things work out, you start to see how everything can be flipped on its head. You can turn a negative into a positive really quickly. And you also start to see where in your life there's not alignment. There's not things it's a, really about a willingness to be real with yourself about it we aren't ever going to be perfect we're never going to be done with anything let alone exploring or learning about ourselves and every single challenge you have in your life is a opportunity it is a doorway to your highest self it is asking you are you going to change? Are you going to act differently this time? Are you going to live in the version of yourself who you no longer want to be who you know you no longer want to be or Are you going to make this time different? And that's what I did. I didn't do something in alignment with who I wanted to be. I messed up. I slipped up. I held myself in alignment for about a week, a week, a really good long time, probably the longest I think I'd ever have. And then I did something outside of it. And the next morning I woke up and I was so tired because part of this non-alignment resulted in me not sleeping, me not valuing rest. And I really asked myself, what is this about? Because it was really easy for me to blame another person or I could have. And not once in my mind did I want to blame another person, which told me that I had grown, first of all. And second of all, I really realized that the feelings I was having, the negative feelings were about the fact that I betrayed myself, that I was not in alignment. It was so clear to me that I did something out of my alignment and that took me out of my alignment. And then that's why I was feeling the way I was feeling. It didn't need to be truly processed, analyzed, ruminated upon, but really there was just this acknowledgement of like, okay, yeah, this is not who I want to be. And that's why it feels so bad. That's why it feels so shitty. Um, I could sit here and feel really bad about it and get myself into a worse place. I could make myself pay for it. I could punish myself for it. Or I could acknowledge it and I could forgive myself and I can move on and start getting back on track to who I want to be. And so many times in our lives, we are so all or nothing. We are so zero-sum game. Momentum builds. Like the second that you do something good, you want to keep doing good things. And the second that you do something bad, it's just a downward spiral momentum is so important. Momentum is what is the energy driver behind everything we do. And so if we are really driving our momentum with goodness and goodness and goodness and then we fall off our path, it's going to be really obvious to us because we were just on this high flying momentum that got taken off. And so when you're in a state of bad momentum, it's really really hard to see that good exists. Remember, in moments of bad, you have to remember, you cannot forget what you know in the light, what you don't feel in the dark. You're always going to mess up. That's okay. It doesn't matter how many times you fuck up or mess up. What matters is what you learn from it. What matters is your changed behavior that allows you to break patterns so that you can really expand your life and move forward. And you are so capable of that. You really, really are. Anyone is capable of this. And the more that we're able to close the gap between what we want and what we think that we are worthy of, the more that what we want becomes what we're worthy of, becomes what Becomes in our lives. And you do that by creating a version of yourself who believes that they are worthy of it and living in them. It is partially almost like a fake it till you make it type of thing, but it's really not because if you think about your truest, most authentic self, which is who you were as a child, they did not question if they should be feeling happy. They just felt happy. They just did things because they like to. That thing that I read earlier on, what I loved so much about it was an honesty, a true honesty with self of, we make it all so complicated because we need to exist in this world and be approved by this world. And we take on all of the fear and projections of this world and internalize them. And so we can't just do things for pleasure. We can't just do things for fun because it's like, we have to maximize every moment and everything has to be productive, but you really find your passion and you find your way and direction by living in an intuitive life, like by living in your intuitive self, by really being guided by the light within you that tells you it's okay to rest and you want to rest and not judging yourself for it and not rejecting yourself for it. And when you do that, when you feel good, it is so simple, but when you work to make yourself feel good and you feel good, you start to have more clarity on what to do and how to get things done and what direction to take here and there, you start to feel more aligned with a trust in yourself and a trust outside of yourself that says, I really am confident that this is going to work itself out. I don't need to worry. It doesn't have to be me. I will know when to act. I will know what to do. I will know how to do it. I trust myself enough. And until then, until I know, I trust that I don't need to know. It is a true surrender. It is a true ability to surrender because you know that you have yourself. This is something that I'm going to continue to talk about. I feel like my last few episodes have been really depressing. <laughs> Not depressing, but you know, it was a really around heavy topics, like true heaviness. And I feel as though my growth is reflected in the growth of this podcast and in what I create and um, where I'm at in my life feels a lot more aligned with being able to talk about expansion and forms of really attaining and reaching your highest state, which is wonderful and great. Um, and so, I'm really excited for all that's to come around this topic, and would love suggestions from you guys on what you'd like to hear and um, you know what you want to see more of from me. We're having our first guest on figuring shit out this month maybe next week. We'll see. We'll see. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you guys. It's going to be on YouTube and my YouTube channel will also be featuring more video podcasts, more video content that isn't podcast based. I bought a camera and I haven't really even used it to filter into YouTube and really, you know, videography and like creating videos. And I have a lot of videos that just haven't been posted or haven't been edited, and I'm going to start funneling things into that. So there's a link in the show description that will take you to my YouTube channel if you're curious to maybe watch shortened versions of the podcast. But that interview and the first podcast guest, which I'm really, really excited to share with you guys, and the conversation was really centered around true, true connection. And the resources that I think it will provide you with are so beautiful and I feel so connected to them. And it just felt so genuinely aligned for lack of a better word. And so I will be posting as soon as that is around. Um, If you liked this episode, please leave a review. Please let me know what you want to see more of from me. You're going to be seeing a lot more of me. And Let me know what you've created as your highest ideal of self. Let me know how it's helping you. Let me know the challenges along the way. I am figuring shit out as well along with all of you guys. And I'm so grateful to have this space and to share it with you and to share more with you along the way and to really just go deeper on this entire journey. If you are interested in specific questions on how to kind of uncover the limiting beliefs that you have, or like a step-by-step guide for everything I just listed out in this episode, as well as some journal prompts to get you geared more towards your highest ideal of self, then please let me know. You can reach out to me over Instagram. I would really love to start creating guides and one-pagers and little workbooks that kind of go along with these episodes, but there's already so much happening and so much in the works that I only want to do it if there's like a surveyed, acknowledgement that that would be helpful. And I think that maybe in that case, I might create an email list or something to kind of get a community together of people who want to maybe take the show a step further and not pressure everyone in the description to journal about things. But if it's something that you'd be interested in, please let me know. Thank you guys so much for listening and for supporting and for being here along with me on this journey. Please, please have a beautiful week ahead and live in your highest alignment. Try your very best to just feel good, and look for beautiful things around you, and I promise that the world will pay you back and, and you'll see them. I will see you guys next week. Remember, if you spend your whole life trying to have your act together, you don't have a life. You have an act. So go and live your fucking life
1: you got to look for the redeeming feature. you got to look for things to appreciate. you got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. No, that's inevitable.
0: Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect, that you just so, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.